Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here after day one of Media Week. It's in the books. It's not Media Day, which I'm actually kind of thankful for because it cut down the time uh, by about uh, three times. And also, uh, the Bucks just very efficient today, in and out. We heard from Mike Budenholzer, Chris Milton, Tori Craig, Drew Holiday, and DJ Augustine today. So no Giannis. That's the first thing to point out here. We did not hear from Giannis. We're expecting that it will be tomorrow or the next day. Of course, we'll keep you updated on this show. And if anything notable happens, uh, we can podcast. Not out Not out of calculations here as we roll forward. But Justin Garcia is with me. He was on the Zoom call. Normally, we would be standing next to each other in the practice facility, uh, sitting around, maybe getting a couple of shots up, definitely nearly falling to sleep while we wait for the different players to come out. But this Zoom call was great. And to be honest, I'm really excited. I was pumped up. I, I love doing this stuff. I love doing this work. I love getting the chance to fire some questions at these guys. And to me, it felt finally like basketball is just a few weeks away here, uh, even though it's been a shortened preseason or offseason i'm still impatient and i'm still excited to get this thing rolling yeah i uh i likened it to basically returning to school after <laughs> you know summer vacation but in this case we were in summer school and now we're back on a on a much shorter window but you're just you know seeing the players again and um if you scroll through the images and to see everybody that was on the zoom call to see, Oh yeah. Okay. This guy's here and this guy's here. And even what half the media had their cameras turned on. So it kind of felt like you were around your colleagues again, but it just, uh, it just drives home again, how quickly the season is approaching that we think about the preseason already starting in just over a week. And that, you know, it's as, as best we can do, it's going to be somewhat normal again. Well, we should say, I mean, you mentioned the, the back-to-school reference there, so we, we should mention the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, uh, Jim, uh, listen, I, I got to get this right, Ozarski, I think, yeah. Ozarski, I, I don't know, I mean, I'm going to get better at that, but new beat writer, he's replacing, and listen, I, I don't want to get too emotional here about my, uh, my great friend, Matt Velasquez, uh, our great friend, Matt Velasquez, I should say, but a new reporter in the mix here, and, and listen, I, I've said this before, but if there's one thing unique about Milwaukee, I found from traveling around and seeing the yellow beats. Uh, everyone gets along well. Everyone uh, works together and, and tries to the the answers we want, which right now is obviously Giannis. But uh, shout out to Jim for joining the beat. Yeah, shout out to Jim. Uh, I don't think I've ever really, well, technically not worked with him, but but been on the same beat, if you will, because once I started doing this is when Jim, I think it was out of Wisconsin and in Cincinnati covering the Bengals and then coming back and on the Packers. So we've never really crossed paths. Uh, Matt and I are not friends, so don't put that out there. That's uh, very <laughs> adversarial. No, uh, we did. <laughs> no, I did uh, trade some texts with him yesterday. We're not good enough friends that I knew this was coming, but 
Um, yeah, and I like Bud addressing it at the start too with, hey, uh, shouts to Matt Velasquez and best yeah. of luck to him, even though he wasn't on the call. And uh, Bud acknowledging, look, I know what it's like, Jim. I have a name too, which it shouldn't be that difficult, but I got a name that people struggle with, so get used to it. <laughs> no, it, it was a nice touch. Uh, you know, class, a bit of class there from uh, Bud. But as far as this media day went, I thought we could roll through some of the more uh, interesting, and there were plenty interesting quotes from the players that we heard. I think we should not bury the lead here. We should get straight to Mike Budenholzer. There was a quote that went out. A number of people quoted this particular one sentence out where Bud said, basically to the effect, and I'm paraphrasing here, that it's not necessarily a championship or bust season. So I want to discuss this with you a little bit here. I want to play the audio, though, because I... Listen, and we're all guilty of it. And I'll touch on something that, that I tweeted that was kind of funny more than anything that I, I think people took the wrong way. Um, and I'll get to that in a little bit. But, you know, for me, listening to this call, listening to Bud say that as a part of a big and extended answer, I think you got a better sense for what he was trying to say. And by just, you know, that, that one sentence, you leave out some critical points that he said. So before I, I throw it to you, I, I just want to play this audio um, of the full answer and see if that changes anything for some of the listeners. Yeah, I, I think, you know, to answer the first question, you know, I think we always embrace and feel fortunate that, uh, you know, we feel we have the roster. We feel like we have players that are incredibly talented on both ends of the court. And we're in the mix to be the last team standing. Um, but there's a process that, you, that every team's got to go through to get there. And I don't think, you know, um, I think the – the uh, the goal is real. The opportunity is real. But you know, I think that if it's ever you know, if you're an organization or a team that doesn't embrace that, uh, you're probably you know maybe in the wrong business. But at the same time, to think that, that a season is championship or bust is is um, certainly not the way we've approached it. And um, we we really um, embrace competition. We embrace the playoffs. We embrace the opportunity. And we want to be that last team standing, but um, you know, I don't think uh, it's, 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 that phrase is just something that doesn't resonate with, with me or I think our group or organizationally. So I'll leave it there. And he went on to say some similar things. But, I mean, clearly within that answer, he said, we embrace the challenge. We're not walking away from the challenge. We want to and, and, and you know, in, in many respects, expect to be that last team standing and to be there. So I just think it's important context to add that it wasn't someone asking, is this championship a bust? And him saying, sort of shrugging his shoulders and saying, no, it wasn't. I don't, I didn't take it as him saying, we don't expect to contend because everything else that he said and everything else that every player said, certainly uh, the expectation is a championship this year. So I, um, I had noticed that quote was tweeted out. And I think, and, and I don't think, um, I don't think it was done maliciously and saying like, look, no, no, God no. says yeah. it's not your championship or bust that people saw the tweet, took it and ran with it and kind of threw their hands in the air and said, what is he talking about? Like we have to win a championship this year. And, you know, I had said too, that I think we're making too much out of this quote, not even examining the entire soliloquy that Bud gave there and just look. Any, this is basic coach speak that he's not – he doesn't think, hey, 
it would be great if we won a championship, but it's not really a goal of ours. He's not saying that. He's basically just saying, let's not start there already. That, you know, we want to win a championship. It's a goal. We don't view this as a failure. I think the last sentence that he said in what you played, that was the most telling where, you know, he was talking about, look, our goal is to do this, but I just hate that mindset to say, if we fall short of a goal, it's a failure. And that, look, you can take the extremes and, you know, I think Giannis is a guy that really exemplifies that, that he probably does carry a mentality like that. But I think we took that quote and ran with it and made too much out of it and certainly uh, changed the intentions of what Bud had behind that. He's not saying he doesn't care and he's indifferent. The goal is to win a championship. We just took that one part out of it. And I think the way he explained it at the end of just the mindset and that mentality and, and that exact phrase of, championship or bust I don't subscribe to that well let's be honest the Bucks the last two seasons and again you know you can talk about the expectations prior to the 2019 season and they weren't necessarily a championship just because we hadn't seen it but it ended up evolving to that point through the season but uh, you know th- let's be real about this the last two seasons once you got to the postseason the goal was the NBA finals and the goal was a championship and the last two years they've failed uh, you know, you can say it's harsh, but they've failed. They've they've let themselves down with the way that they've played, with their inability to work through difficult matchups. That's just the reality. So, if Bud, if Bud wasn't feeling that the championship was the goal this year, or he wasn't feeling the pressure of what we've seen building over the last two years and the importance of winning with Giannis's future with the franchise, then he's just not a human. I mean, like let's be real. That's why, you know, sometimes and perhaps. I take it a lot of things that sometimes that come out of the press conferences with a grain of salt. There's things that you take and and really run with in terms of interesting comments, interesting words that are said. I just didn't, for me, I just didn't feel like that was one of those things. I actually was more fascinated with the fact that Bud spoke a lot more about the defensive end, about um, diversity defensively, versatility defensively, trying different things. To me, that's what I want to hear because Bud is a coach that's been in the game for a long time. He understands the media. He understands what is smart to say and what is not to, not smart to say. But the fact that he sort of started speaking about those little things and someone even asked a question, and I can't remember who it was, but someone asked a question and said, given that it's such a small off-season, small training camp, small preseason, and given the fact you've had so many roster changes um, and, and different personnel coming in, does that mean that you would be less likely to try different things? And he said, no, it's the opposite. He's like, I'm not worried about that. We'll be able to try different things. We'll be able to do this. We'll be able to do that. And to me, more than anything, that's what I want to hear because I want this Bucks team doing something different. Yeah, and um, that and the other quote he talked about with the defense – I mean, that was my biggest takeaway from it. it. It wasn't the, you know, Bud says it's not championship or bust. It was, number one, I was surprised when he was asked about, um, you know, the series against Miami and just their last two uh, playoff exits in general, but specifically the series against Miami and, you know, about some of the potential changes and what things you guys have to do differently. I was surprised that he he basically exclusively talked about the defense and, didn't mention the offense and, and talked about, look, we had a good defense during the regular season. Your defense has to be championship level. It has to go to another level. And he didn't technically say we didn't do that, but he left it there for interpretation of we played good, but the defense needs to play even better in the playoffs. But the biggest thing for me was 
where then he said, I, I think the, the, the exact verbiage he used was versatility and that you just have to be more versatile on defense and, and show more defensive versatility in the playoffs. And that is the one thing everybody pointed to after that series and said, even before that of like, look, this is a great system you've constructed for the regular season and you're going to present teams with problems when you're playing them on an 82 game schedule. But when you find a team that can game plan and scheme specifically for this defense. And when they have the right personnel, like Miami did, you leave yourself vulnerable and it can get exposed. So you need to throw some more looks out there. We're not saying you have to be Nick Nurse and try the box in one, but you have to do things a little bit differently. And I think we all questioned if there would be that discussion with Bud and the ownership and whoever it was in the offseason. It certainly seems like that is the case. And for him to come out and the first time we heard from him leading into this season, he cites defensive versatility, I think is a very encouraging sign. Well, we know the Bucks plan A is historically good <laughs> in the regular season. We've seen that. Uh, what was their plan B or plan C? I, I don't know. I, I don't think we ever saw it. So as you pointed to, I'm going to keep on saying it, but that's what I want to see. I want to see some different things during the regular season. I, I want to move on to Drew Holiday next. Before I do, uh, I just want to talk about Built Go quickly because, uh, Justin, it's it's the weekend and, and everyone's probably a little bit tired. Uh, I, I'm I don't know if people can tell. I'm a little fired up, so maybe I'm not that tired, but I will be by Friday afternoon. So I might need to get stuck into Built Go because whether it's the mental or physical wall, uh, you need to get through. You can break through it with Go every single day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, plus it's natural, so it's better for the body. There's three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. Uh, We've got a pretty sweet deal. If you go to builtgo.com, and use the promo code LOCKED, that's L-O-C-K-E-D, you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at builtgo.com. And coming up on Locked On Bucks next week, I can't promise a weekend podcast at this point. It's not something I'm willing to commit myself to unless some news comes through which again, as I pointed to, we're going to be hearing from Giannis here over the next few days. So maybe maybe there's some news. I, I don't know. I mean, who knows at this point, but we're going to be continuing the media day coverage as we are on this podcast and also the mailbag. We've got so much stuff to get to from your questions through the week. But Justin, let's talk about Drew Holiday because uh, this guy we know on the court very impressive, off the court, maybe even more impressive. And he speaks so well to the media. We know all the work he's done in the New Orleans community. And he he pointed out straight away, someone asked, what are you going to bring to Milwaukee? And he said the same thing, on and off the court. I'm going to do stuff in the Milwaukee community. I'm going to be hopefully great on the floor. But the big one that stood out to me, someone asked him about the pressure because there was lots of questions about the Bucs giving up the amount of draft picks they gave up, uh, the expectations of him being the missing piece on a championship team. He straight up said, if you don't like the pressure or you can't handle the pressure, you're probably in the wrong business. I don't look at it that way. I'm ready to go. And it's, it's pretty, it's a strong quote. It's an impressive quote, but I also wasn't surprised because everything we've heard about Drew Holiday, this is exactly what you're going to expect from this guy. And we heard uh, the same thing from Bud too, in that quote that you played essentially saying the yeah. same thing as well. Um, and you know, the thing that struck me about Drew Holiday is um, I guess if we start with with uh, your description of him of hey we know what type of player he is 
we do. And if you really, really follow the league, you do. But I think that's going to be the thing that surprises some Bucks fans, especially if you lean more towards the casual, probably not the lockdown Bucks listeners. But you, you may not know who Drew Holiday is and have no idea how good he is because you didn't ever see him with New Orleans and the Pelicans. Maybe you saw some of the series against the Blazers where Drew Holiday, if that's the Drew Holiday you get, this team has some serious championship um, aspirations and, and chances for a championship, I should, should say. Um, so I think that's going to be the most interesting thing is we've heard numerous guys talk about Drew being the most underrated guy in the league and playing next to the MVP and having more and more national games. I understand he had some with New Orleans last year, but he dealt with injuries. He's going to be in the spotlight more than he ever has throughout his career and even just you know the interest from that trade. Um, I thought the most interesting part was – when he was asked, basically, talk yourself up and tell us why you're so great that everybody talks about how good of a teammate you are. Why is that? And, uh, I mean, if you're Drew Holiday, and we could sense the, the trepidation in his voice, too, of how do I approach this? Where, <laughs> look, I mean, honestly, the reasons why, and, and he cited, what, a lack of an ego and, um, you know, just a guy that does his job and and is, you know, a great teammate, but how do I answer this without basically contradicting everything I'm saying to, you know, describe myself of Drew, why are you so great? I don't have an ego. Well, why are you talking about that now? Uh, I thought that was the interesting part, but yeah, I mean that. And the other thing I took from it is look, either there's this sense around the league with Drew and potentially other players that this is the case, or he's just already number one on the all-time teammate list he specifically cited Giannis and Chris Middleton and said one of the things that excited him the most about this opportunity and talked about finding out uh, in bed that night, that Monday night, and finding out basically an hour before the trade broke that he was coming to Milwaukee and he was excited because uh, this is a team that finished with the best record in basketball the last two years. They have the two-time MVP. He was even more excited and felt even more wanted because of the package that the Bucks gave up to give him. But he cited Giannis and Chris and said, these are two guys that perform under pressure. And, you know, without saying it, I didn't really have a lot of that in New Orleans. And now I'm joining that. I feel like I'm one of those guys, but these guys get it done in the clutch. And I feel like I'm really going to fit in with that. Yeah, it's really interesting. It was it was kind of unfortunate because uh, just to to sort of fill in the the picture we were working with here. So it was on a Zoom call. The rest of the Bucks players were that spoke today were in at the practice facility, and the reason why not everyone else was is because of the COVID protocols. There's only a certain amount of players let in at a time, so it's kind of difficult to shuffle all these guys around. But Drew Holiday was actually at his house, um, and listen, there was a bit of a dodgy connection there, and we we were. We were really struggling to keep Drew on the line. So I didn't actually get to ask him a question, but kind of what you were just talking about was what I wanted to ask him because I think, you know, one of the things that I'm most excited about is that in New Orleans, like, sure, he had Anthony Davis for a while. Fine. He's a great player. That's great. But I think the depth here and particularly the defensive side of the ball stuff is going to be really exciting for Drew Holiday because unlike in New Orleans where – we know it's much publicized. He defended Kevin Durant. He defended LeBron James. Well, that's great. But, and, and it's good that he can do that. And if he switches onto those guys, you feel a little bit more comfortable than you have in the past if it was, say, an Eric Bledsoe. But you don't actually want him to be your primary option defending those guys. So, so that's what I'm really excited about. And that's what I wanted to ask him about, the opportunity now to play alongside Giannis, Chris Milton, 
Tory Craig, you've got legitimately you know, two, three, four options and Brook Lopez behind you as well defensively that he's not going to have to do that. And what is that going to do for his offensive game? How is that going to allow him to be more dominant on the, on the perimeter, on guards where he can swarm them, where he can pick up steals, where he can create transition opportunities? That's what I'm looking forward to hearing from him a little bit more because that's, that's what I'm most excited about. Well, it goes hand in hand with Bud, as I mentioned, talking about defensive versatility and how important that's going to be in the playoffs and that, uh, look, no, nobody's knocking Eric Bledsoe's defense, but you didn't have versatility with Eric Bledsoe, that you were, you were handcuffed to point guards and Drew, for all the assignments you just ran through, can defend more than just the opposing team's point guard. And the other thing um, that you know I never really gave any consideration to until I heard your crossover and your collaboration with the Lockdown Pelicans podcast a couple of weeks ago and talking about this move was, you know, Drew, not only is he bringing that versatility, but now think about from his perspective, he is playing in a defensive system with an elite rim protector behind him where that's yeah. something he has never had throughout his career. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he's just getting put with a, a depth of talent that he hasn't had in the past. And again, I think he's going to th- thrive defensively, but I'm just so curious to see what, it ha- what how that impacts him on the offensive end because, again, I, I don't know what... And if we're going to do over and unders here, as we always do preseason, but uh, I don't know what his stats are going to look like, but this has been a guy that over the last three seasons in New Orleans has been a genuine 20.7 assist guy. So... He's been a 20-point-per-game scorer. So, you know, next to Brook Lopez, next to Chris Middleton, next to Giannis, what does that do to his numbers? I'm not sure. But he does strike me as a guy that could potentially really, really thrive as a, as a third option offensively sometimes and even fourth in, in certain lineups. It's, it's really, really exciting. The last point I wanted to make on Drew Holiday, and this is going to sort of transition us uh, through to some of the other guys here, uh, I love that Drew Holiday is open, openly saying, I came here to win a ring. And I want to win a ring. And again, I've had a number of people ask me whether it's, um, you know, whether or I've been discussing on this podcast or I was on the fan this morning in Milwaukee and, and I was asked to assess the, the Bucks offseason. And the reason why I'm so excited is because of Drew Holiday. And I, I just, again, I keep on saying it, but I just think that the addition has been completely overlooked by everyone because no one can look beyond Bogdan Bogdanovich. No one can look beyond that. This Drew Holiday acquisition is just huge. It's, it's unbelievable how big it is. And again, I, I love the fact that he and everyone coming to Milwaukee still comes here because they want to win a championship. I, I, I know it's a couple of years in now, but that's still not going to get old because that was not something that we ever had for, I mean, forever. I mean, I don't know. Well before I was alive, that's for damn sure. Well, I mean, think about the last five years. Where It was five years ago that we were celebrating like we had won a championship because the Bucks had signed Greg Monroe, that that showed yeah, you, yeah. you know, how far this franchise had come, where Greg Monroe was one of the top free agents in that class, albeit not a great free agent class, but he chose to come to Milwaukee, and that was something that would have never happened. The only way you could acquire guys in Milwaukee during the 90s and 2000s was – if you traded for them or if you drafted them. So to go from that to Greg Monroe coming and that at least signaling a change, the growth from some of these guys that you have, if not drafted, at least developed in the case of Chris Middleton and uh, seeing these guys grow within that system. And then, you know, I think just as big as that Greg Monroe thing has been over the last two years to see players like Pau Gasol 
and Marvin Williams, buyout guys that say, I want to go here because it gives me a chance to win a championship. As long as you don't flame out here and you sign Giannis to some type of extension, as long as there's not another second round exit or something of that nature, you're going to continue to remain in that conversation with everyone. And it's going to be interesting to see, I guess we don't even know the dates yet, but what mid March is when I think it was the 25th was tentative for the trade deadline. Once we get close to that. And once we get to the buyout market, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there and really what the the rest of the Eastern conference looks like, because, you know, this is a team that I'm with you where I'm excited for these moves because you can talk about the depth and you can talk about missing out on Bogdan Bogdanovich, but at the very least, this team has improved themselves for the postseason. Did they do enough to get to the ultimate goal? Remains to be seen. But at the very least, if we compare this year's team to last year's, they are more equipped for the playoffs than they were a season ago. And, you know, obviously there is there's major financial constraints against the apron. So this roster is going to be as is until you get to the buyout market. That's what that less than a million dollars they have saved. That's what that money is going to be allocated for. So can they hit it on some of these guys like Bryn Forbes and Bobby Portis? Can they give you larger contributions than I think a lot of people who are detractors of the moves thought were possible? And can you find that ultimate missing piece at the buyout market? Because when you hear guys like you know Drew Holiday talk like he did, we've heard it in the past from guys I mentioned like Pau Gasol, it's still a place that is relevant to guys around the league, which we never thought we would be saying. And yeah, a lot of that has to do with having Giannis, but it's everything that the Bucks have built with their culture in the last two years and their coaching and that locker room. So uh, they have built a championship caliber organization, which, you know, five years ago and even beyond that, just think about uttering those words when talking about the Bucks. Well, Justin, the wait is almost over because the 2020-2021 NBA season is almost here and the Locked On NBA podcast will get you ready with a special week of shows beginning on December 14. Get previews of every team, division by division, including your central, your back-to-back central division champion, Milwaukee Bucks, from all 30 of our Locked On local experts, including us here on Locked On Bucks, plus waiver wire editions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, Rookies to watch from Chad Ford and predictions on each division from rejecting the screen. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I want to move on to the the broader conversation around Giannis that happened today in Media Day. This is we're going to wrap this up. That's how we're going to wrap this up. But first of all, I have to say, what about Eric Name just bursting into tears when he welcomed DJ Augustine to Milwaukee? <laughs> <laughs> it was, I mean, it was a day full of surprises, you know, with uh, Bud getting emotional when talking about Matt Velasquez and then Eric Name uh, getting emotional that DJ Augustine, is, his pet project, is finally here. Uh, unbelievable. By the way, DJ Augustine uh, spoke very well. And again... Also, uh, did, you, did you notice uh, the hat that uh, DJ oh, has his, his own, own logo? No, it's yeah. unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable. I, I remember uh, during the Eastern Conference Finals uh, against the, the Raptors a couple of years the ago Nick with Nick Nurse, Nurse and Kawhi yeah. and K- K- Larry. They've all got their own gear. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Why has Nick Nurse got his own hat? But DJ Augustine, shout out to him. He's got his own uh, clothing line. So um, 
that's well done by him. But the thing that stood out uh, about uh, DJ was how excited he was at the prospect of playing with Giannis. And he started, he said, oh man, I, I cannot wait to play with Giannis. But what about Chris Melton? And what about Brooke Lopez? He's like, I've never been on a team with this many individual talents and unique skill sets that I'm about to play with. He's mentioned about the fact he doesn't care if he's off the bench. He doesn't care whether he starts. Again, this is a veteran guy that's going to play a prominent role on this team. And he's just excited to be in Milwaukee. Again, uh, I keep harping on it, but it doesn't get old. And it was just, uh, it was cool to see a veteran player like that really pumped up to be in Milwaukee. And he was asked a question about the Orlando Magic. Uh, Josh Robbins, who reports... Uh, for the athletic on the Orlando Magic jumped in the call and asked him about Orlando and DJ said I'm not talking about the Orlando Magic I'm a part of the Milwaukee Bucks now personally I love that yeah tough scene too for uh you know your uh Aaron Gordons and Al Farouk Aminu's and uh, yeah, 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 Evan yeah. Fournier's when he talks about never playing with uh, guys like this before um to me and I talked about this I can't remember who it was with I talked about this on my show last week but um I guess the interesting thing to me is he referenced playing with Brooke Lopez when they were in high school <laughs> and uh, just how much Brooke has changed his game since then. And that was the one thing that I, I was thinking about last week and that, look, I, I know it goes against Bud's system that we, we see traditionally here offensively. But if you have guys like DJ Augustine and Brooke Lopez, I mean, think about the possibilities with the two-man game similar to what he had with Vucevic in uh, Orlando. That I mean, I'm at least intrigued to see, do we see any of that type of two-man play between that duo? Because we haven't traditionally seen it under Bud, but the personnel certainly avails itself to that. Yeah, it does. And and that's why I thought it was fascinating to hear him talk about different lineups, different roles that he could play. And again, just being satisfied to to do whatever is asked of him and, and fit in and mix and match with these types of lineups. Because again, uh, we spoke about the old bench lineups that we didn't like last year. I, I think given the, the personnel, we're going to see uh, those, uh, I guess, all bench lineups perhaps fade away a little bit. Because I think that will be through necessity when you look at the defensive kind of stuff. And Bobby Portis will probably get to a little bit more next week when we, we speak about him. But I asked Bud specifically, what does Bobby Portis' addition mean for Giannis playing at the five and small ball lineups? And the fact that they've gone with a Bobby Portis type and moved away from a Robin Lopez. And Bud said, yeah, look, he's just a bit more versatile. Uh, he can give us uh, different looks, different skills on offense that we just haven't had in the past. He'll play next to Brook. He'll play uh, in replacement of Brook at the five. So he said between Giannis, Bobby Portis, and Brook Lopez, they're really confident that they have a three-man big rotation that's going to uh, give them genuine success. Now, uh, of course, it, you probably would like a little bit more depth in case something goes wrong, particularly in the 2021 season. But Bud, very, very excited about Bobby Portis. But we should talk about Giannis before we wrap this up because we know that the questions are going to come in thick and fast about the extension. Uh, Chris Milton, more than anyone, was the one that spoke about it. He said, look, Giannis last year spoke to me about my uh, contract extension. He told me what he wanted. Uh, I've done the same with him. Uh, he knows how I feel. We're more than just friends. We've been together for eight years. We've been through a lot together. Um, clearly, you know, Chris Milton has been speaking to Giannis and, and everyone knows what they want him to do. They want him to extend. But again, it just further uh, emphasized for me, perhaps I didn't need it, but it further emphasized the fact that 
this is on Giannis. I mean, you, there's nothing really at this point that Bud or Chris or these guys are going to tell Giannis that's going to help him make his decision. It's up right. to Giannis. It's up to his family. But uh, certainly uh, the Bucks organization and Bucks roster have been doing their best. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's exactly what I was going to say, where Chris's point was, you know, essentially, look, there's nothing I can tell him that's going to put it over the top. He already knows how I feel about him, and I want him to be here long term, and we have a good relationship. And uh, Chris said, you know, I part of the reason why I signed last year, and Giannis was in my ear and talking to me about that, was I feel confident in the things that the organization has done leading up to this. So, you know, hopefully he has that uh, same trust. But, yeah, I mean – when you're on the level of Giannis, it's nothing your teammates say that that's kind of the final nail that sways you of, oh, you're right, I'll stay. It's it's the role players that Giannis is talking into, hey, man, if you stick around here, we can carve out this role and do this for you. So, you know, it's just going to be a waiting game now, and I think we've all grown accustomed to that, and we all anticipated it. I didn't expect any type of extension to come, you know, this off season. that it's been a little surprising to hear more and more talk of people saying – Hey, we're we're hearing there's a chance it's going to happen. So certainly would welcome it, but um, uh, you know it's it's just something that uh, that we're going to have to deal with here for who knows. Hopefully until twelve twenty one at the latest. The, <laughs> the the one quick thing to go back to the Bobby Portis thing. Um, you know, I do think it's interesting that I, I understand that you know Bobby Portis hasn't been the model of consistency and durability hasn't been the greatest throughout his career but you know one of the things you and I have talked about before is he's he's never been on a good team you're not going to ask him to shoulder the same type of load that he did early in Chicago and certainly last year in New York but look I get that there are concerns with depth but let's also not forget two years ago when the Bucks made the run to the Eastern Conference Finals uh, after that early December trade there was zero depth there, that it was Ursan that was backing up Giannis and Brooke Lopez. Now, you did bring in Nico Miritich to spell that a little bit, but Ursan was basically playing the same role that you're getting out of Bobby Portis. So it's just going to come down to as long as Bobby Portis can stay healthy, he gives you better offense than Ursan and he gives you more defensive versatility than Ursan does. So, you know, it's easy to poo poo and say, I, I don't really get that move, but. Let's also not forget the Bucks have been in this spot before where it's basically one guy that you're asking to cover off on both things. Yeah, but that's time that he's safe. was, uh, you know, he, I mean, he was a robot. You know, he breaks his nose a few times a season, comes back, mask on, taking charges. So I'm not sure Bobby Portis... Uh, has the, the durability of an Ersan Uyusova across two decades. But time will tell. And, of course, at Ersan Uyusova will At least two decades. I mean, we don't know that Ersan's done. Yeah, uh, he'll be back. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, look, I'll, I'll keep making the point. I, I was kind of taken aback and sort of surprised by the signing of Bobby Portis. But the more you look at it, the guy's been on absolute garbage teams his whole career. I'm excited to see him in a, on a good team, in a consistent team that's going to be playing winning basketball. Uh, he's certainly got talent. Uh, so time will say, tell whether that comes out. Uh, the last point I guess we should bring up here, Tori Craig spoke as well. Um, I know you've made the point in the past, totally agree. I think this guy's going to be a fan favorite. He works hard. He's come from one of the most unlikely routes to the NBA I, I think you could ever see uh, playing from the NBL, but not just as a young player, as a, a guy in his mid to, uh, mid to, uh, mid-20s, or as I say mid to late-20s, in his late-20s now mid-20s playing in Australia and still found his way via Summer League onto an NBA roster, onto contending teams in a rotation. 
uh, that takes hard work. Got nothing but respect for him. I do want to clear something up, though. I mean, listen, I, I spoke at the start about tweets that that people put out there, and they can be taken out of context. So, uh, one thing I think I'm good at is accepting when perhaps I've done something a, a little bit wrong. And I, I, I quoted a tweet from Tori Craig that people, I, I think, started taking out of context. So I had to remove the, the tweet. I'm not looking to get in the bad books of my uh, uh, Australian on the roster, Tori Craig. Uh, but he did say, he was asked the question, uh, how does it feel to come to Milwaukee in free agency, a team, a place that has not normally been a free agent destination? And he said, I, I don't care about the city I, I just want to play and I just want to compete and I just want to win, which was actually a really cool quote. But I guess when you put that in writing and he says, I don't care about the city, um, people take that as, as him talking about Milwaukee, which I can assure everyone was absolutely not the case. And that's on me. And I apologize for that. It, it, it absolutely was not as I heard it. And it did. If you just read the quote and didn't yeah, listen yeah. to what he said, it had some definite hints of, and very apropos here, given his, we think, pending retirement, it had the hints of Joakim Noah talking about Cleveland. Well, uh, listen, I, I heard the quote and I was like, oh man, that's a pretty badass quote. That's, that's awesome. This guy's just ready to work. And then once I tweeted it and everyone's like, oh man, you could at least pretend you like Milwaukee. I was just like, <laughs> holy shit. I'm like, what have I done? I got to get rid of this quickly. So uh, that's my bad again. Apologies for that one. You know, I'm not perfect, Justin. I mean, look, it's just an opportunity. You already made some inroads with him where he recognized the accent. It just yeah. presents itself as an opportunity to bring him on Locked on Bucks and uh, do a reoccurring segment with Tory Craig, the uh, things that he's discovered in Milwaukee that he loves this week or this month. Uh, I can tell you it's already in the works. I'm trying to make that happen. Um, uh, I've, I've been in touch with some people and we're, we're trying to get him uh, on the show, whether it's once off or regular, it's going to happen. Um, he's, uh, from all reports again, uh, an extremely likable guy and very popular in Australia. I can tell you that from his time over here. He was he was fantastic in his time uh, in the league here. But look, I, I think we've comprehensively wrapped this up. Is there any any final points or you think anything we've missed here that we should give the listeners? No, I mean, I think the only thing missing from today with, uh, with uh, Bud getting emotional over Matt, with Eric getting emotional over DJ Augustine, the only thing that was missing from today would have been somebody asking Bud, what was it you guys liked about Bobby Portis and him just replying, the eyes? Yeah, he's like, listen, I, I want someone else that can be on some memes as well for, for pulling funny faces. He's like, I'm sick of being the only guy here that's uh, Twitter fodder for uh, Worldwide Wob. He's like, I'm sick of that thread where I, I lose my ID, I can't get into the nightclub. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of my kids showing yeah. me uh, these tweets. So no, it's, it's Yeah, especially now that I don't have the back of a Taylor Jenkins holding everybody in place. That yeah. I, I got to find something else. No, it's a good point you make. But speaking of Bobby Portis, I do anticipate, as we mentioned, that we'll hear from him, probably Bryn Forbes, I assume Brooke Lopez as well here. And of course, Giannis here, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's the next day, whenever we do, um, you know you can follow Justin on Twitter. What's your handle? I don't have that off the top of my head. TMJ Garcia? That is, yeah. That's good. That's right off the top of my head. And for me, at Kane Pittman, and of course the show, at Locked On Bucks as well. So uh, follow us. You'll, you'll get all the news from Media Day. And of course, we'll wrap it all up on Locked On Bucks after that. Justin, always appreciate it, man. You made it to the end of another week. Always a pleasure. All right. We will be back on Monday unless 
there's any crazy news over the weekend, uh, I will wrangle Justin or Frank or Mitchell or Dean or Eric or Matt Velasquez or Jim, even though we've never met. Who knows? I'll get someone on the podcast and we'll talk about whatever news comes up on the weekend. But until then, stay safe. We'll speak to you guys then. Peace.